Hello and welcome to the podcast all about the Great British Bake Off. It is In The Mix. I'm Greer Riddell and today I'm very excited because I'm joined by Stanley Dodd. Hello. Who is a regular, it seems now, on In The Mix. I know, and we always have a good laugh. Um, But I'm also even more excited, sorry Stan, uh, to have a brand new guest. It is James Van Hinsberg. Hello. I've been trying to get you on this podcast for a long time, I feel. I am hard, hard to track down. I know, very elusive, but you're finally here, which I'm very happy about. So, uh, it is very fun at the moment doing this Bake Off podcast because it is the celebrity Bake Off episode, which means no one knows how to bake, everything goes wrong, and we can kind of take the mick a bit more because, you know, celebrities. Um, but before we kick off with all of that, I found out that, James, this is the first time you've ever watched The Great British Bake Off. It is indeed. I yeah, I just haven't got around to watching any of the episodes. Do your family not watch it? No. Oh. That's how I, mean, I got to it. Obviously, <laughs> I, obviously I've seen clips on, you know, on YouTube or, or whatever. Um, mm. But no, never, never ever watched an episode until earlier tonight. <laughs> <laughs> About an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me. Yep. So did you enjoy it? Did it sort of um, live up to the hype? Or what, what did you think about going into it? Did you think, oh, this is going to be a really like, quaint programme that Nans watch or something? Uh, I don't know. I had quite high expectations, I guess, because I've, I've heard quite good things about it. Um, I did feel hungry afterwards. I'm glad I uh, watched it just before dinner. Um. <laughs> yeah, have you got any uh, inspiration to make anything from it? No. <laughs> yeah it didn't make you um, want to become a baker then no i mean i just don't have time at the moment i know that's a really lame excuse because surely everyone has time because we're all in lockdown but no but you're still busy but that's fine i'm glad that i finally managed to force you to watch bake off and then come on this podcast because it is fun yeah. well this week the celebrity contestants were Hollywood great James McAvoy, comedian David Baddiel, uh, Dame Kelly Holmes, who we all know from her gold medal wins, uh, and Anne Marie, the singer. So I thought it was quite a good lineup, a varied lineup. Uh, did you think that any of them were going to be really good bakers before you started watching? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I did have a feeling like James McAvoy was going to have s- some professionalism. I mean, because he's an actor, right? He, he's talented in a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> I mean, Kelly Holmes is an athlete, <laughs> and she's yeah, talented you know, in a lot of stuff. Yeah, but she's not going to be baking, is she? Because she's, in a, you know, she's a uh, sports orientated. They don't, do, you know, do sugar. So, <laughs> so you think that James McAvoy might have played some sort of role, maybe when he was up and coming in a play or something, <laughs> where he had to be a baker or had to at least pretend like he was making something in the kitchen. Maybe it might have just been the way that he poised himself, the posture he had. You know, it just seemed like. You know, he may not know what he's doing, but he's going to give it a good shot. And yeah, I mean, that did come across, I think. I think I think all four contestants had, a, you know, a slightly different dynamic and it worked. It worked really well together. Yeah, I think so. I don't know what, why as well, but I, I, I somehow had an intuition that um, David uh, Baddiel was going to do some some wacky creations. <laughs> I thought that he might be quite good. I thought that Kelly Holmes is, you know, quite competitive in, in the running field. I thought she might be really good. Um, but I liked how at the beginning, David Baddiel didn't, didn't sort of try and pretend 
that he was going to be any good at this. Uh, and he said, I might be the worst contestant they've ever had on here. So, <laughs> Yeah, but for good reason. Exactly. Which I'll, which I'll get to. I'll, I'll get to that. Definitely. Um, in my notes this week, I have written so many quotes. I just think it was a very quotable episode. So I'll be littering those in because they're, they're just ridiculous. Uh, th- to the point that at one, one point that Anne-Marie said she didn't even know what a scone was. I thought that was great. So th- there's many random quotes <laughs> I've got written down. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the signature bake first of all. So at the beginning, uh, Prue and Paul... And Matt Lucas were obviously not joined by Noel still because he was too busy fathering a child. Uh, oh. How rude. I know. Very rude. Oh, that's why. I, th- I thought he left. Yeah. Is, is, isn't he leaving? I hope not. He was on uh, paternity leave at the time. Uh. So doing family stuff and left, passed the torch on to Matt for a bit. And I thought he did all right. Um, he did okay. He did yeah. okay. The signature this week, they had two hours and 15 minutes to create deep-filled decorative tarts. They had to be sweet and they could either include things like cream, ganache or fruit. Uh, but Prue and Paul were looking for crumbly pastry, but it had to be cut in neat slices. Um, I thought last week on the Celebrity Bake Off, we already had in the technical challenge uh, a chocolate ganache and raspberry tart. So I was a bit like, oh no, an- another tart? But I thought the uh, flavour combinations were quite good. Did any stand out for you? Uh, see, I also made notes, and yes, apparently this. around this time I wrote, David Badiel, useless. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was useless. I mean, that, that's a theme running out the entire show this week. Um, Paul, I like how Paul also in the sort of voiceover at the beginning said that um, they just had to be edible. He obviously had real faith. <laughs> they just need to be edible. Please give us something that we can actually try and eat and don't get ill from, please. Um, but I, th- I thought there were some good combinations. So uh, Dame Kelly Holmes, to begin with, she did an Eaton Mess style tart inspired by the memory of her mum who used to make Eaton Mess for her and she had a strawberry curd, uh, cream, a coolie. She even had gold on her meringues. So she went all out. She did sort of turn up and want to be competitive, I think. I was surprised how nervous she seemed. Like, I don't know, generally I think of elite athletes as you know they they know how to get in the zone and just wipe out all nerves yeah they, they do and i mean she said uh that she, well she's not not really into baking she said that if her mum knew that she was in the tent she'd be really surprised and shocked and i think she did find it as a challenge because it was completely different to anything yeah. that she'd probably put all of her efforts into before um and I, she did quite well. Her, her eating mess tart looked really, really nice. I would have definitely eaten it. Um, she had some good chocolate decoration on the top as well. So I thought that she didn't have anything to worry about, really. So Anne-Marie, who is fastly becoming my favourite person, obviously, after this episode, um, she said a few times, I'm really bad at following, you know, the time. I don't keep an eye on the time. I'm really bad at following instructions. Um, Sounds like me. Like you, Stan. Maybe, maybe Anne-Marie was what you'd be like on the Bake Off if you were actually on it. You had a window into what you'd be like. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. She did a, did a Bonoffi-flavoured uh, tart, which I love Bonoffi. I think I have had it like twice in my life, but it is one of my favourite flavour combinations. Oh, I, I've actually bought all the ingredients for Bonoffi pie now. <gasps> no, you have ha- Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make one. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Are you going to follow no. Anne-Marie's recipe? No. <laughs> No, so not. The, the one comment I had from uh, Anne-Marie's recipe was, well, 
Um, she was using a fish chopping board. <laughs> Did it have the word fish on? No, no, no. She was using because I've got the set of chopping boards oh. that she was using, and she was using the blue one, which is meant for fish. Completely <laughs> nothing to do with like the end product, but you know that's what I noticed. Only you could watch the bake off and go. She's using the wrong chopping board. I know that one's for completely reserved for fish. <laughs> Uh, maybe she's a maverick maybe she doesn't want to conform maybe yeah, she just know. thought you know what i'm not going to follow the rules with these chopping boards or or maybe her favorite color is blue maybe i'd argue that it was pink for quite obvious reasons mm. um, ma- maybe you're right maybe the pink is just you know the persona she puts on but really deep down her favorite color is blue yeah maybe so you were inspired so so james you're not you're not bothered with trying to learn how to bake after this but I mean, Stan I'll, I'll have a go at some point I did food tech in oh school. my god do you have a, do, do you do a GCSE in food tech no. okay <laughs> I was gonna mock you I was gonna mock you for it that is one of the mockable uh, GCSEs sorry no, Stan did, did you do food I tech I did three no, years but... of food tech prior to GCSE <laughs> nice so which is good I always found it a um it didn't seem like school because you just went in and had to cook something. Did you ever Did... make cake or anything in food tech? Uh, can't remember. The, do you know, the only thing I remember from food tech is making tagliatelle pasta with artichoke hearts. Wow. That, that, that is first, posh. That was that the is... first thing I made in my food tech. <laughs> There's always that like joke or meme going around where it's like a child saying to their mum at about nine o'clock at night, mum, I need my food tech ingredients for tomorrow. That always that's happened. Exa- that's exactly what I was going to say. Like I had it every single time before before that class. It would be the night before, 10 o'clock at, at night. I'd be saying to mum, my mum, it would be like, uh, I need <laughs> I need salted butter. Do we have <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I remember that. My my mum's very competitive and obviously wanted me to do well in school. So when it came to things like food tech, she would write me out like a three course menu and put into like little bits of kitchen roll the exact amount of pepper that I had to put in and herbs and stuff <laughs> just to make sure I was the best at food tech. Um, wow. Yeah, I that's know. dedication. It is or madness. Yeah. yeah, I think I think my mum just got sick of it. I mean, there's I have like five siblings, so you know, every year it'd be someone asking for some oh, shit. Oh God! So, yeah, every. I week. mean, some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you are allowed to swear on this podcast. Oh, thank God! Okay. Not in the edit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm keeping you shitting yourself at saying the word shit. So. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I think she just like gave up on caring after you know five of us had come by and always seemed to. Yeah, every week it. it was either like, "Where's my PE kit? We're going swimming. Where's my swimming costume? Um, where's my food tech ingredients?" So she was probably but like, it, "Yeah, oh, I but can't then it would just be like, all right, here's a kilogram of plain flour. <laughs> yeah, make something. <laughs> Go. <laughs> here's a bag of salt. You measure it at school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give some to all your friends. You know, we don't want it back." <laughs> It asked for red onions. Well, you got leeks. <laughs> yeah, you got a spring onion. Use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Stan, I'm looking forward to you trying out a banoffee pie after watching this episode. Oh, it should be so. good. I'm jealous. Yeah. Are you gonna yeah. Are you gonna decorate it like Anne Marie did, really perfectly with the bananas in little like concentric circles? And I think 
you know, actually, I think I will because I'm, it makes the most sense as well from like, like you know cooking standpoint. I'm not going to do it like because else you get like gaps between bananas if you just put yep. neatly next to each one. I think that one. Of the, you have to do the layered effect. You do. Uh, I um I do need to get whipped cream. I can't remember. Did she did she make the the cream to put on it? I don't imagine so, considering no. she said that she thought she could use a packet mix to make cake and didn't realise that that wasn't allowed later <laughs> on in the episode. I, um, I actually remember probably the thing that turned out most well in food tech was I made a Christmas cake. Oh, yes. Cake. And, you know, with, with the proper, I don't know what it's called, but, you know, it's the icing, icing, but yeah. proper sheet icing, not, not powder. Yeah, fondant um, icing. Fondant icing, yeah. I think if we, I even piped it around the edges. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, and then on the top, I had icing like trees and, and a pile of snowballs. Oh, my God. Yeah. James, you're better than again. all of the nuts, you know. Oh, my God. I, I'm sure I probably had help. Well, that, that's quite impressive. That probably beats the rest of us. Yeah, I think if we did our own bake-off, I think uh, yeah, Java's in for it. Yeah. Win. One of the things that I thought was hilarious. Okay, I'll, I'll join you, uh, James, on a technical thing. Anne Marie might have used the wrong chopping board, uh, but she also started to make caramel in a frying pan, which I thought was uh, interesting. Quite shallow, caramel sort of spits everywhere and is sort of a dangerous thing to cook in the kitchen usually. And I thought mm, frying pan's probably not the best thing. Think of the surface area; you could accidentally put your elbow in that or something. That that's something I regularly do with the frying pan. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was a bit like, mm, she's good, but she hasn't got the baking techniques down just yet. Yeah. She she did injure herself, I think, because she had a blue a blue plaster on. But I wonder why they didn't show the injury. Do you think it was really stupid? Maybe. She probably maybe. swore. Maybe. Like. <laughs> probably. Um, so moving on, James McAvoy, the sort of uh, silent assassin of Bake Off this week, who did very well. He did a lemon meringue tart with a lemon and raspberry curd. And now something that I found a little bit grating about James McAvoy is that he would relate everything that he was baking to to a role that he had uh, been in. So he was like, oh, this is, this is definitely about, uh, I made this. Uh, no, it was inspired by something that he ate while filming X-Men. It was really tenuous. Oh, by the way, I was in X-Men. Did you know? That's where you, that's where you know me from, X-Men. It came out like years ago, but... <laughs> It's what I, I do now. I never knew that he was Scottish. Really? Yeah, I'd never heard his like actual voice until until the Bake Off, which threw me off. It's like it's like David Tennant all over again. <laughs> so, so you got a shock when David Tennant wasn't English <laughs> well, yeah. from Doctor you Who. You watch Doctor Who and you're like, oh yeah, he's totally proper British, of course. And then you hear his actual voice, uh, you know, throwing like tune and so, so forth. <laughs> do you want <laughs> to try any more of that Scottish accent? Tune. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> no, that's a shame. That is but yeah, a shame. It, it really threw me off, like to to hear that he's uh, like his, his Scottish accent, very, but very, very strong as well. Very strong, and he did quite a few impressions himself. If we're going to uh, count yeah. Tune as a James McAvoy impression, um, James McAvoy tried to be Paul Hollywood, didn't he, by putting his hands in his pockets and everything. Just like up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, it was very quick to notice that. Yeah. He was. Uh, so one of the things that actually came out of that impression that I really liked is that he sort of said he's scared of putting his hands sort of fully in his pockets. And James McAvoy said the line, what is inside his pockets that he is scared of disturbing? <laughs> so I was just going to throw it out to both of you and ask what is in Paul Hollywood's 
pockets that he's scared of disturbing. Hedgehogs. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> May conservation thing, you know. Him and Brian May, hedgehogs in the pockets. Hedgehogs in the pockets. Yeah. And that, they, they also, they're, they're spiny as well. So, I mean, you don't want to touch them. So, it's not just a case of making sure they don't wake up. So, of course, they're sleeping. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. I mean, you don't see him move. So, what else are they doing? They're not going to be dead. He's not going to have dead <laughs> hedgehogs. <laughs> you wouldn't be scared of disturbing the dead hedgehogs. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's it, they're live hedgehogs sleeping. He doesn't want to wake them up or get s stuck. In are they the, hibernating in, the in there? No, spring, right? So no, there'll be there'll be uh, like a well, actually no, it might be the end of hibernation. That's it. That's why he doesn't want to disturb them because they're just getting to the end of it where they will start waking up. Yeah, and he, do he so, doesn't want to anger them when they well, wake up. He just wants to make sure they get a good long hibernation. Okay, so hedgehogs, not what I was expecting, but a, a good shout. It could definitely be hedgehogs. I was I thinking think. maybe he's got some sort of extra uh, baking supplies in there. Maybe a, a filled piping bag of ganache in each pocket, kind of like a cowboy ready to uh, yeah, ice some that, buns. That makes more sense. Yeah, why did I pick buns? <laughs> I'm a bit worried about myself. Uh, <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe he's got moulds in his pocket and something's setting. Oh yeah, like he's he's just setting a few jellies. Is it cold in his pockets <laughs> as well? Who knows? <laughs> Possibly. Pocket pocket shaped jellies. Yes, I don't think I'd want to eat. If he just poured jelly into his pocket, you'd get all the fluff and like an old receipt and the five pence and stuff, you know, in there. I w I wouldn't want to eat that. No. Ah, uh, so, but he will if it's poor Hollywood. Yep. Yeah, he's thought about it, so you don't have to eat Paul Hollywood's pocket fluff in the jelly. Exactly. And some refrigeration going on. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm very sad that James McAvoy didn't include any of this in his mime. I'd have liked yeah. to have seen a hedgehog and a jelly. Both of them would have been really <laughs> good. Lost. It is his loss. Not good. Not good. Um, talking of something else that isn't good, we should talk about David Baddiel in this signature challenge because the idea was there. He wanted to do like a revenge on his mum for creating him terrible desserts as a kid, you know, getting tins of mandarin oranges. And he wanted to say, you know, screw you, mum. Look, this is a proper dessert. Don't let's, think it really works. Let's be honest. The only thing that was good was the sweets in the tin. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I did think. So he created uh, a... Mandarin orange and chocolate tart with chocolate and liqueur uh, ganache. And he did, yeah, he put some boiled sweets in the tin on the top of the, the tart, which I thought, interesting decoration choice, just put aluminium in the <laughs> middle. Um, <laughs> it's not something that I've seen done before. Oh, God, yeah, don't eat that if you've got fillings. Oh, God, just don't eat that if you've got teeth. Exactly. <laughs> or gums. Not good. So I thought it was an interesting decoration choice. Um, but what, what was the, be the best bit? Well, I, this is probably time for a quote because uh, he said right at the beginning um, that he didn't have enough cling film. He couldn't even put the dough in cling film correctly. So we knew it was going to be bad. Uh, and then when he was making his pastry case at the bottom, he had run out of pastry because it was all stuck to the board. So <laughs> borrowed some of James McAvoy's. Um, I can't remember if it was him, but I swear he said he, he couldn't. Something wouldn't fit in the freezer. Oh, the jam. But I was thinking, can't he just remove the shell? Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I thought. Oh yeah. I didn't even think. I just thought you should have measured the container. 
You should have not put it in that massive jar. It was when he was doing his chocolate orange ganache. And uh, yeah, I mean, a ganache is literally just chocolate with hot cream poured over. So it's just liquid until it's really cooled. Um, so yeah, that didn't work very well. And that was his downfall, really, not being able to chill it. Because he gave up, could have just changed the uh, shelf in the fridge, uh, freezer rather. And he put it in the fridge. So it was never going to set. And then he chopped the end of the piping bag off and it kind of, it, it was just a liquid in a bag. <laughs> it was liquid yeah. in a bag. Yeah. And it went everywhere. So that, that is why it didn't look good. And I really enjoyed how he described his uh, signature challenge. He said, uh, oh, let me find it. It was just ridiculous. Um, so, okay, top of my notes. Why is David pouring a liquid into a piping bag? Uh, and then he said, they're like orange fish in a very polluted sea. Talking about his little Mandarin segments. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to our technical challenge this week? Hi. Scones. Scones. Scone. 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 This, this is I, our friendship relies on this, so get it right. I kind of change it up depending on what day of the week. Okay, you obviously want to stay friends with me very, very much <laughs> to make that answer up. <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> I say scones because I think it sounds better. Thank you. That's why we're friends. You're scone off the list. Oh dear. <laughs> I anyone that says scone, I, you are trying to sound posh, but but because so many people say scone who aren't posh, it's inherently not posh. So you're not doing yourself any favors. To be honest, I don't know why it's, it sounds posh because you're basically reading the word as is. Scone is the more posh way because it makes no sense compared to how you read it. Yeah, that is true, actually. I was just thinking you would say cone. I say cone. I don't say con. con. <laughs> Traffic con. <laughs> Ice cream con. Yeah. Could you get yeah. me two cons? I'd like a double con, please. <laughs> double con. It sounds double. so weird. Um, yeah. yeah. Short for convict. Okay. Nice. And, and you would like a double convict? In some like circumstance. A, I'd, like an ice, ice, I'd like an ice cream convict. This like, might yeah. completely derail the conversation. Because <laughs> this, this was focused. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know why it came into mind. Do you know naan bread? <laughs> this is great already. Yes, naan bread. So, so sometimes they call it naan bread. They do. And I don't know why. But I, that, I, because, So I've been to Indian restaurants and takeaways where they have naan and where they have naan in other Indian things. Crazy. Definitely not. No, I don't know why that is. Um, no, there's, there's definitely Stan. I've been to, I've been to a restaurant where they've asked me if I want that. <laughs> no, but it's in like, sh- surely it is like it is meant to be naan. <laughs> I, I think they would know their own food. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm saying you can't assume that someone who owns an Indian restaurant or Indian takeaway is therefore Indian. No, I wasn't saying that. But if they own an Indian restaurant, they're going to know how to spell and. Uh, exactly. I don't know like, the pronunciation so. of the food they sell. No, because like these people, what? they might just be British. They might just be British and yeah, they but, might have some Indian if you, heritage. if you do something, you do your research. Uh, these people might not have. There's lots of people yeah, who do yeah, make this businesses is bad that business. do research. But this is well, not yeah, just a single restaurant. I've seen it over multiple. I, I'm with you. I've seen it over multiple restaurants as well. Maybe it's how you actually you write it and pronounce it as Nan. I'm going to look this up. <laughs> no. um, maybe, maybe it's a regional thing. Maybe but we're gonna find could, out. Actually, that could be. It could be. It could be an Indian dialect. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. But okay. I always thought because there's two A's, the A is elongated, so it's R. Ah. 
Yeah, no. but but what happens when it's in the menu spell N A N? Who the hell? Spe- Wait, is that that's, what you're saying? Is yes, that that's how what they spell saying. it? Yes. I, I thought it's only. I thought you were only saying it was said now. No, 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 no I don't know how people say it. People people write as nan. That's insane. Yeah, nan bread. You know, garlic nan, cheese nan, coriander like my nan. nan. <laughs> yeah, my nan. it's my how, nan's bread. How do you like your nan? <laughs> I just booted up Reddit, and the first thing, the first thing that's come, I've, I've killed Stan. People I know keep pronouncing naan bread as nan bread. It's not made from grannies. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, is a naan well, bread a nan bread when a nan has made it? Ooh, Maybe. If you, it's your, it's your nan's naan bread. Yeah. It's nan naan bread. Yeah. Nan naan bread. That's weird. That's, gonna... that's hard to say. I was going to answer your question. Go on then. How do you like your nan? Alive. I knew because my I thought alive too. <laughs> <sighs> this isn't good. Jarvo, tell us more about nan, please, before yes. I depress us all out by. I don't know. I've looked on Wikipedia now, and it says nan in Iran. <laughs> oh, the nan Middle in East. Iran. Uh, Iran. So, so it seems like it's nan in Iran. Yeah. Nan in India. The whole of India. Nan in Afghanistan. Oh. Well, they. I guess that makes sense. I guess Nan isn't just India. I guess it's Middle Eastern. This is me skim reading Wikipedia, so I may be completely wrong. Well, I'm glad we had the Nan interlude, which is what I'm. I I could call the episode the Nan interlude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it. Well, going back. To the Bake Off, unfortunately. We do have to talk about the Bake Off, even though I still want to discuss the etymology of nan slash nan. Um, the technical challenge was to create scones, and it was six buttermilk cheese scones, and you had to create a butter of your choice, which I find it frustrating when they get told you've got to make a butter because it just seems like a ridiculous add-on. Well, how are you going to make a butter? What are you going to do? Are you going to sprinkle some chives on? Well done. That's what everyone did this week. You didn't really make the butter, did you? <laughs> No, they did make the butter. They had to whisk the, f- uh, the cream, didn't they? To, to the butter milk. Butter. You churn- they're basically churning butter, which is awesome. I thought it was awesome. I-, I was really excited. The only step that they could have made it, like, they could have taken it any further is if they had to milk the cows themselves. That's what I mean. They could have brought the cows in. I'd have been more milk. impressed. <laughs> but we did have a vegan, so I don't know if milking the cow is something vegans don't do. Uh, wait, which- wait, do you mean... Anne Marie was a vegan. She said that she she was a vegan, but she would eat chicken nuggets sometimes. Yeah. Which I feel oh, <laughs> it's every vegan I know. Did she test the scone? Mm. She did. Oh yeah. She did. she did test that unbaked one, didn't she? Yeah, yes. that, that was made with milk. Yeah. yeah. And I I thought she just went with it. You yeah. heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Anne Marie isn't really vegan. That's what we find out today. <laughs> Exclusive and libelous. <laughs> it's here exclusive on in the mix this week nan v nan Anne marie shock horror isn't vegan <laughs> and... oh how do you like your nan comment below stop <laughs> well back to the bakers in the tent obviously we had david Badil uh, struggle again with just anything he did say at one point that he didn't know what about 40 of the different items on the bench actually were for um yeah. so it, it was, was a miracle he even got something that resembled a scone or a pastry <laughs> or whatever the judges said it ended up looking like. 
Um, we'll see, what did you think of his? Was he juicing lemon? No. He did. He no, did. I think for his first, his in the signature, um, oh, right. he was doing lemon. Like, oh, I thought this would be for lighting a fire or something. Yeah, he had no <laughs> idea what it was for. Um, but yeah, his his scones were no. quite flat, didn't they? They they were sort of they didn't keep a nice sort of uh, cylindrical shape in a way. Yeah. They were just very flat. They they said they tasted nice, and I'm sure they did because it's cheese and butter, and who doesn't think that tastes nice? Exactly. Um, but it wasn't technically a scone. No, they were more flatbreads, as he as They he were. Claimed. He did not try, right? So he didn't even follow the instructions. This annoyed me. He didn't follow the instructions, right? They said to glaze it with the egg, and he was like, well, I don't want to waste this egg, and then just poured it on. Yeah, like, yeah. what are you doing? It was like egg <laughs> soup with the scones just on top as croutons. And um, then he said you had to pour out 450 milliliters of milk, and he was like, oh, I'm just going to use it all. Yeah, <laughs> just all of it. That, that, that's what we need in baking, more just recklessness. No wonder you didn't get scones. You didn't follow the, the instructions. Oh, so annoying. They did say that it looked more like a pastry. They did say it was delicious. Um, Anne-Marie's, hers, I enjoyed the comments because Pro and Paul, like with the actual amateur bakers on the, the real show when that begins in the summer, they're quite sort of harsh sometimes and they give sort of very critical feedback hopefully to boost um their baking abilities but in the celebrity bake-off they are doing it for charity so they don't want to be too mean so prue used the fantastic phrase which sounds like something my mum would say about Anne marie's scones and she called them deliciously homemade like oh very rustic uh very homemade <laughs> that that is something that is definitely what my mum would say as a compliment <laughs> something you can imagine was made in a cottage exactly yeah very 19th century. <laughs> Doesn't really tell you if it was good or bad. No, very unique. <laughs> that's when you go, yeah, that's interesting or unique or very eclectic. We all know what that means. It means shit. <laughs> Kelly, they said hers were lovely. They were baked too much. This is where they used the word rustic with Kelly's scones. Um, and James McAvoy, again, just getting all of these ridiculous comments that were too perfect. They said... You'd pay a lot of money for stuff like that, Paul said about his scones. And he claims he'd never baked before, so... Told you. He's an actor. He can fit to any situation. Let's move on to the best bit of the show, which is the showstopper, because that's where the celebrities get even more crazy and they don't have to follow the rules at all and they have to create some ridiculously themed bakes. And this week they had to create a 3D marble cake which represented themselves in animal form. Who comes up with this stuff? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Did, did that, as a uh, first-time Bake Off watcher, did the weirdness of the Showstopper Challenge phase you in any way, James? Uh, not really. But it, it, was an odd, it was an odd choice, but I just went with it. Just went so with it. The, the, the first thing I thought when the challenge uh, was set was, this is going to be awful. <laughs> and do you know what? I was really surprised on how well everyone did, I think. They did all right, didn't they? They yeah. actually managed to make some good 3D cakes that, that did look like what they were meant to look like. Mm. So I think, what, which one did you think was the best looking? I, I thought Anne-Marie's was quite good. It had that sort of cute monkey face. She created a monkey because apparently that's what her dad would call her as a child, um, as a nickname. And yeah, it, it was quite cute. She had the eyes and stuff down. The fondant that she used was really good. 
Um, she, she did quite well because she went with the fondant that you would have used with your Christmas cake, James. Um, but the others were sort of piping and trying to make it look like fur or something. And that's just where it got really messy. Mm. But she had a sensible idea to just cover the entire cake in the colour she wanted and it'd be smooth and look fine. Yeah. I didn't think much of... I don't know. I didn't think much of James McAvoy's... Um, Snow Leopard, wasn't it? Yeah. He did that thing again. Oh, yeah, my, my character um, in His Dark Materials is, you know, by the way, I was in that, did you know? Something, it was about a snow leopard. That, that's why I've done this. You know, that's where you know me from, everyone at home, just in case you were thinking. Um, However, do you know, the one, the one David um, Deal's cat yeah. reminded me of Stan. It reminded me of Stan too. Yes. Is that, is that because of uh, Chairman Mao's Tuesdays? Chairman Mao, yeah. Absolutely. Please, please explain to the In The Mix listeners why on earth we would associate Chairman Mao with you. Uh, well, so in university, uh, on student radio, I had a show with a very good friend of mine. And uh, for one term, it was called uh, Chairman Mao's Cheeky Tuesdays. And it was, it was on Tuesday. <laughs> I... I, I I, I, don't, I couldn't remember what it was called or even if it was Chairman <laughs> Mao. I just immediately, as, as soon as he said that, I just thought Stan. Stan yeah. did something like this. <laughs> Dictator Stan. <laughs> so this was a theme though. So Stan and his friend, who I've forgotten, forgotten his name now, apologies. Um, but you had shows on student radio. Every time you could change your name and change your time slot and all of that. And Stan, every time had a dictator in the name. I did. Re- I do, do remember Joseph Stalin's tea party. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favourite. The Joseph Stalin's tea party is, is definitely my favourite. Uh, we had, uh, what was it? Uh, Napoleon Bonaparte's boulangerie. <laughs> wow. Baking themed. <laughs> yeah, I know, Full right? circle. Uh, it actually started with, uh, I think, Kim Jong-un's mandatory show. Yes, that's the one I remember. Yeah. For mandatory listening, yes. <laughs> uh, oh, we also had Denzel Washington, 2016. Amazing. Slight uh, different take on di- dictators there. Um, slight, slight different take. Yeah. It was meant to. Well, it was part, partly uh, a, a joke about uh, what, a friend that we had who had mistaken George Washington uh, for Denzel Washington. <laughs> that is brilliant. Way to prolong that joke and that humiliation <laughs> to that friend. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they can be humiliated uh, at a specific time every week on 12.51am. <laughs> I actually thought, I don't know, I actually liked the cat idea. I thought the, to- the ears that were Toblerone chunks. That was good. Toblerone ears I liked. Yeah. It it looked kind of like well, those uh, fortune cats, didn't it? The With ones the whole, that do like, this. Hand. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I was quite. It certainly wasn't the best, but I thought it was quite a good effort. It was certainly, a good effort, I think. Certainly better than the flat rates. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, it was very funny. It was a sort of a witty bake, um, and he and he tried ganache again after it not setting the first time in the signature sure. challenge. He he came back with another ganache that Paul Hollywood did say was good he said delicious sponge and ganache but originally just by the look of it he went that is chocolate ganache that really (laughs) Um, but it tasted fine he didn't know where it was did he (laughs) no absolutely no idea maybe the hedgehogs in the pocket were sort of uh, playing up then and he didn't notice Um, Ah. 
<laughs> Maybe. Going back to James McAvoy again, um, he he was just hilarious in this challenge, uh, mainly because he had to stand there and zest 12 limes for his pina colada uh, tasting snow leopard cake. 12 limes, that, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I only had to zest one orange yesterday and I got an injury. <laughs> You'd need a blue plaster. Just after one. <laughs> and then he put rum in his uh, buttercream. So you had a coconut and rum buttercream. And because there was some left over, he decided to dish it out yeah. around the tent. <laughs> you, is that allowed? I'm sure Prue had some. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, I think it, it's, uh, it's helpful to get to the bake-off, right? <laughs> so much stress, so much pressure. Need yeah. rum not, to take the edge off. Not really flavours I would have chosen. Sort of pineapple jam as well. And he did uh, four cakes to stack up and then carve into a snow leopard i mean he'd really thought about it what something that made me sort of quite surprised is they were talking about practicing so they'd actually been at home practicing and james mcavoy had made this snow leopard cake before so yeah so being a first time watcher do, do they get told it sounded like they knew what the challenge was i think we've had this discussion on this podcast before because i because uh, I can't remember what what what, uh, what episode it was, but we were thinking. I was like wondering because they did talk about practicing, but it seemed like they were a little bit unprepared sometimes as well. So yeah, I think. Well, I I didn't know they'd possibly tell the celebrities, but they usually for the signature challenge they are told what it is so they can, I guess, perfect flavor combinations and and maybe if they didn't know what the bake was or they've never done it before, they can give it a good go. Um, with the showstoppers as well, they get told because obviously they're going to sometimes need specialist equipment. You know, they might need different molds for things or um, it's probably because the production team need to know what they have to get from the shop um, right. <laughs> ahead of time. But the technical is always uh, when it's covered up with the tea towel, they always don't know what that is. So that is completely just blind and they've got to go with their intuition. So, so is that what is that what is throughout? There's always three challenges. In yeah always three challenges and they do the first two on the first day and then the second the last one the much bigger sort of artistic challenge they do on a completely separate day although they were wearing the same clothes at one point when apparently the day changed uh, well maybe maybe they the celebrities all did it in a day i don't know <laughs> um but i i mean i thought they were all really good um kelly she did uh, a chocolate and chili uh, bear cake because she said that she was hard on the outside but soft in the middle like the bear cake which i thought was very good um and she had a vanilla buttercream as well chocolate and chili is that something that you guys would try and enjoy is that a combination you like i would try it i i don't know well i can't say what i i i wouldn't think i'd want it i quite like it we like we make a chili that has dark chocolate in it which sort of is a really rich flavor which is really nice. You don't really taste the chocolate. It just adds sort of like a silky texture to it. So yeah, I'd be no, definitely up for trying it. it. I have heard, have heard of putting dark chocolate in chili. I feel like now's maybe a good time to bring up the fact that uh, during lockdown this year, uh, Stan moved into a new house and all of our friendship group asked Stan for a nice little tour of his new house, um, including, you know the fridge, going, including the fridge. Including the fridge. And one of the things that we discovered in there was just a cup. And we were like, why on earth is there a mug in there? What was in that mug, Stan? It was melted down lemon fudge. Okay. How long had it been in there? About maybe a couple of weeks or so. 
Okay. <laughs> so oh it's just so we, we were a bit confused about the melted down fudge. We did think, is Stan okay? Is he just drinking fudge? You know, cooling fudge down and drinking it in lockdown. Uh, it was it was a, a one-time thing because I had some leftover fudge that had gotten way too hard, and I was like, I can't eat this anymore. And rather than throw it away, I thought, what if I melt it down and turn it into something else? Was so it I a melt- one-time thing because you were seriously seriously ill afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> it was a one-time thing because I don't often have fudge that lasts like more than a week without me eating it. <laughs> Um, I didn't use it in the end. I had to chuck it away. So you melted it down, went through all the like rigmarole of melting it down, and you yeah. didn't even try it. Yeah. What? Well, I did try it. I mean, oh. I did. You know, I tasted a little bit. It tastes like lemon fudge, except liquid. Well, I bet that was like the funniest for me. The funniest revelation when we were having the house tour and everyone was uh, just being irritating, basically. <laughs> and I asked to look inside the fridge because that's that's really where you can tell what a person is like, right? When you look in their fridge, you can tell what sort of person they are. Um, it's, it's gotten better now. I've got cheese and vegetables in there. I love it. I uh, almost want you, you to take us to the fridge. Um, <laughs> Please don't. No. All right, I, won't, I, won't, I won't make you do that again. But, Lots of editing might be required. So the judges are actually quite impressed. Obviously, it's Celebrity Bake Off and it is for charity, so they're not going to be rude or they're not going to sort of tell them it's terrible. Um, but we've already said that... Um, David's, they liked. It was a delicious sponge and ganache. He said it was rudimentary decorated. Um, James's was adorable. Prue said the snow leopard had a personality, which I thought was great, even though the cake had a massive, like, chunk missing in the middle. Um, Good jam. Surprisingly good, they said as well for James. And Marie's was charming, but there wasn't a marble in it. She'd sort of mixed the marble around (laughs) too much and it was just completely gone. And it Um, was awful. Yeah, and Prue, in her <laughs> lovely way, which probably all of our food tech teachers have said, um, she said it wasn't a pleasure to eat. So that was very nice, I thought. <laughs> um, but Kelly, she had some marbling. They did get a lot of chilli, but they did say it was overbaked. So it, it could have been anyone's game, really, besides David. Um, and it was James McAvoy, obviously, who won. Based on his first... I, I, didn't, I didn't think that Snow Leopard was by far. Uh, I thought the other attempts were better, but the first two, yeah, I thought he was ace. You think the Chairman Mao was the meow, was the uh, best dude? Uh, no, so I, I thought the the bear for the looks uh. was probably the best. Um, and sorry, not the bear. The monkey. The monkey. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. monkey. But the bear looked pretty um, pretty good. So I would have given that one second place. I thought it was a good episode overall. I thought these bakers were very amusing this week. Um, next week on the Bake Off, see if I can remember who we've got coming up. We've got Philippa Perry, who I really love because she's on um, another show on Channel 4 that I'm enjoying at the moment called Grayson's Art Club, which is on every Friday. Um, I think she's quite arty, obviously, so I hope that her bakes will be pretty good. Um, who else do we have? Oh, Dizzy Rascals coming on next week. Dizzy That'll be Rascal. hilarious. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, you know, his songs are from like our sort of. I was gonna say our youth. We're still He's youthful. Turn the bass up. Exactly. Yep. It's gonna be bonkers. Uh, <laughs> local radio. Everyone's uh, gonna need a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god. Um and hmm uh, Reese Shearsmith as well. And one other Oh, uh Nick Grimshaw. There you go. Yeah. I remember. To be honest, I don't know who the other two are. Well, Reese Shearsmith was in the show Inside Number Nine on uh BBC, so uh comedy actor and uh yeah, Philip Philippa oh. Perry. Uh, is an author, but she's also married to Grayson Perry, the artist. So it should be good. Java, do you think you're going to be watching it again? Do you think you'll actually watch a second episode of The Bake Off? Have we converted you? I'm unsure. I enjoyed it, um, but if you've ever seen my list, my to-do list of TV, it's probably down there. Never mind. Maybe you'll catch up with all The Bake Off at some point, and then you can listen back to all of the In The Mixes and uh, get your episode recap. There we go. Well, I'll look forward to seeing your subscriber notification and review on Spotify and iTunes uh, in 2030. Um, Well, I think that is pretty much it for the Bake Off this week. I've really enjoyed talking to both of you. Hope you have both enjoyed being on. Stan, it was nice to talk to you again, have you back on here and be absolutely ridiculous. That's always fun, like I said. (laughs) Absolutely. And it was good having you as well, James, who is completely new to Bake Off and this whole weird world. Yeah, um, I, I come on sometimes too. Absolutely, should be good. Stan, please update us on your banoffee pie when you make it. Oh, I will. I'll send you pictures. Good. Just as a side note, I will be putting that on the website <laughs> <laughs> if you do send it to me. <laughs> yeah, thanks again for joining us. It's been another good Bake Off episode and I will see you back here next week. Bye. In the Mix is a January media production hosted by Gria Riddell. To listen to our previous episodes, you can head over to januarymedia.co.uk and find In the Mix on there, but you can also listen to them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening, do let us know by leaving a rating or clicking subscribe, and you can get in touch with us on social media. We are at the January Media. We must remember that the celebrity episodes are all in aid for Stand Up To Cancer, which is a charity that Channel 4 support every year. If you enjoy this podcast and you enjoy the Celebrity Bake Off, then consider donating because it is for a good cause. Thanks for listening and I hope to see you back here next week. <laughs>